may be seated. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, we know that you are present, and uh, Lord, even when we don't feel it, we know that you are here. So Lord, uh, we're not so asking that just that you be present, but help us be present, Amen. because you are here. So open our hearts and our minds to receive the things you want to speak and do, that your word would penetrate in our life in such a way that we're changed. Father, we want to leave here different from the way that we came in because we met with you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're in the last week of our series in 1 John, and um, there will be a quiz uh, following next week to see if you've been paying attention. So you have very little time to catch up. But uh, we've been looking at uh, John's epistle really is more of a love letter to his church. That, that in the last few weeks, we've been looking at snapshots of 1 John, that we know the gospel was written to evangelize, to those who did not believe. This is written as a letter to the church, a church that's now 50 years old, a church now as after Christ has ascended to be with the Father, John, in his old uh, age is writing to his church and sharing with the church things that are essential to their faith for them to be reminded. And we've looked at different aspects of that as we went through, but we kept asking this one question. And the one question we kept asking through this week is, do I truly know God? Do I truly know God? Many people might say that they know God, but it's not the same God I know. And as Christians, the church, John is writing to the church that they would know God as that eyewitness. See, every day we face uncertainty, don't we? Every day we face uncertainty and constantly, constantly we're let down by those in authority over us and by even those that we love. There, that, that we have certain expectations and uh, they don't meet those expectations. And we have those who are a boss in our life or those that um, are educators or whatever that authority might be or maybe parents in your life. And we've been let down. And, and, and even as much as we try with one another, there's still uncertainty in those relationships. All of us are in search of the same thing. All of us are in search of truth, of hope, and of love. But often in our life, we settle for what's counterfeit. We don't settle for truly what that love is. And we settle for that counterfeit. And John is writing to the church that you won't serve a counterfeit God that you would understand who he is and who Jesus is. And John's encouraging the church. He's encouraging the church to remain steadfast in its faith. That, that love and fellowship with God and love and fellowship with each other is essential to the Christian walk. It's the theme. He's the apostle of love. And and he keeps bringing that back through this sermon that he's preached or sent out to the churches, that they would not forget that, that they would hold fast to that, that they would be certain of that. And in 1 John 3.23, it says, and this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. 
that John makes three things very clear through his book. And he calls us the children of God, that we have this new identity in Christ. We become this new creation. And as children of God, there's three things that he makes clear. Believe in Jesus Christ, keep his commandments, and love one another. And to believe in Jesus and keep his commandments and love one another, what that means is that we now walk in light. We no longer walk in darkness. Matter of fact, what he said when he was wrapping up what we read today in chapter 5 at verse 13, he says, These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. That you would continue to believe and that we would walk in this light that John talks about. No longer being a slave to that darkness, but now walking in a light. And walking in the light is living in a relationship with the one true God. That's what that means. When we're walking in light, we're walking in a relationship with the one true God. Now we've mentioned in the past weeks, DTRT, what does that mean? To do the right thing. John says, you have sin in your life, confess it. That, that we're not going to have this sinless life, but we're to work towards a sinning less life. And it's about walking in the light and doing that right thing. That we're living our life as an open book, that there's nothing to hide. We're allowing his light to expose the darkness in our lives. We're allowing that light in to change us. And if we're allowing that light in to change us, then as Christians and followers of Christ, we should have nothing to hide. Often, we want that light to come in on part of our life, but not all of our life. Somehow we, we believe that if we could just keep some of those things in the darkness, Jesus and I just won't talk about it. The truth is he already sees it. And he wants to bring his light into it to eradicate it, to bring his redemption there. So, so as Christians, we should have nothing to hide. There should be nothing in our life, but we should be allowing that light to expose in all things, in all areas of our life. And I can remember early on when uh, I began a Bible study and we were working with young adults and I was in the process of going to seminary and I had moved back home and finished my parents' basement and Lori and I were living there to do ministry and continue in seminary and following after God and we had this small group and young adults kept coming and kept showing up who were broken and hurting and they were discovering this light of life and they were discovering the one true God and God's love was penetrating their life and transforming them. And it was an incredible time because the truth was I had no idea what I was doing. I still have no idea what I'm doing. But the Lord knew what he was doing. And because he knew what he was doing and I was willing, he kept showing up. And lives are being changed and transformed and coming to Christ and the demonic is being oppressed and pushed out. And uh, I remember this one young man who was coming at the time who had a rough, rough background and a tough life. And, and he encountered this love. And early on, uh, this light that was being exposed and we're having a Bible study and, and, and we're opening up the scriptures. And, and he paused and he says, I have a question. I said, what? He said, why is some of this written in red? And I said, because those are the actual words of Jesus. 
And he looked at me shocked. He couldn't fathom that that was actually in a book and something that we could read. That that truth could be made known to us. And there was this pause in him, that this change that was occurring as a result of discovering his truth in his word. And it was changing his life. It was changing our lives collectively as we gathered. And when all that was going on early, I was part of a church plant and, and, and doing several things at once and all the things. And so we had left our home open for the Bible study to continue. And I had to go lead worship and do a worship rehearsal in another location. So we just had the group use our place. And the door was open and leadership was there to lead the Bible study. And afterwards, he pulled me aside and he said, I can't believe you just let people in your home when you weren't there. He said, I could never let people in my home because I'd be afraid for what they might find. That, that somehow there was things still in the darkness there that he was, he was leery of letting that light be exposed. But when we come to the faith and the love of who Jesus Christ is in our life, and we begin to walk in that light, it is exposing to those dark areas. We should have nothing to hide. See, the brighter his light shines into our life, it removes the darkness of our past and it illuminates our path for the future. It is his light, his love that's shining in us and through us. And we are called to walk in confidence, not condemnation. That we're to be confident Christians in our faith. And John is telling the church that. That we have confidence in God's love for us. And we have confidence in God's strength to handle all things. That's the confidence that we should have. And in Titus 3.7 it says this, Because of His grace, He made us right in His sight. And He gave us confidence that we will inherit an eternal life. That we would have confidence in knowing who Christ is. Confidence in His grace to inherit this eternal life. See, but condemnation is the absence of God's love where we believe we're found guilty. And we're sentenced to an eternal punishment as a result of that. I believe that. There was a time in my life where I believed in that condemnation. I believed that I had sin in my life and that God was an angry God. And because he was an angry God, he can never forgive a wretch like me. And as a result, I began to drive away from God, not closer to him, because I knew that there was condemnation in my life. Now, whose voice do you think I was listening to? It wasn't the voice of the Father. It was a voice of the enemy to believe that I had this condemnation in my life. You know, I just want to say this right now for all of us. All of us have experienced condemnation at some point in our life. And when we have, it's, it's, it's destroyed any confidence that we, we, we could walk in. Maybe along the way you had a, a parent who put condemnation in your life. Or you had an authority over you like an educator, a teacher, or a coach or a boss, or a relative, or a friend. And they spoke a word over you, and that word was with condemnation. And what I want to tell you is that word was not from God. But that we should have that confidence in who He is. And I had those words spoken over me. You'll never be this. 
You'll never amount to that. You can't do this. Boy, are they shocked now. We can't believe those lies, but we're to have confidence in knowing that. Romans 8.1 says, So now there is no what, church? Condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. That there is no condemnation. That we have confidence. And then we can answer that question in confidence. Do I truly know God? And John gives us three signs to have confidence knowing that we're in the faith. The first sign is theological meaning what we believe. John says, we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that we have the assurance of eternal life. And that theological understanding is how we think about God. Theologically is how we study what we think. It's how we relate and understand to these very words, to the Scripture, to the words in red that Jesus spoke to us. John wants us to have that assurance of what we believe. And our theological understanding, our faith is that. We believe in Jesus. We believe he is the Christ. He's the Messiah. We believe he's the Son of God. We believe that Jesus Christ had, had, had died and rose again and ascended to the Father. That's what we believe. John reminds the church, lest we forget what we believe. Be certain in our faith, confident in our faith. He goes on in chapter 5, verse 1. He says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of what? God. There's that new identity again. We're this new creation. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. What gives us confidence is that we believe in Jesus Christ our Lord. That gives us confidence. That first sign, theological, of what we believe gives us confidence. The second sign is moral. It means that we understand the difference between what's right and what's wrong as Christians. We understand the difference between wickedness and godliness, unrighteousness and righteousness. And those who remain in darkness walk in wickedness and they continue in the life of sin. But no longer do we have to continue in a life of sin if we recognize who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for us. That that light shines into our life. That love becomes prevalent, becomes obvious, becomes transformative as a result of meeting who he is. And Paul says that we're no longer slaves to what, church? Sin, but slaves to righteousness. That righteousness is living that right way in Christ. That he made a right way that we could walk out that relationship with who he is. He goes on in verse 2. We know we love God's children if we love God and we obey his commandments. And when we encounter the love of God, it leads us to return that love to him. That's what happens. He imparts something supernatural. It's a supernatural understanding of God's love for us and what Jesus had done for us. And in that moment that we accept who he is and we believe, there's a new kind of love happening in our lives. It's a transformative love. And as a result of being transformed by his love, now I can bring that love where I go. And that love is not only transformative, it's, it's something that continues to lead me back to the Father and to that relationship with who Jesus is. And he goes on in verse 3, he says, Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are what, church? They are not burdensome. Doesn't mean they're not hard. 
Doesn't mean that loving others isn't difficult, but they're not going to be burdensome. See, when I encountered that redemptive love that the Lord showed me and he imparted in me and I became a child of God, I became this new creation. I began to seek after the things of his kingdom and who he is in my life. And you know what? It hasn't been one day since I discovered that, that his command to obey has been burdensome. It's been hard. Love sometimes is hard. And when I'm struggling in love, I go back to the source of all love. When you're struggling in love, you've got to put love back in. We've got to press into that place. And we show our love for God in obeying what he commands. And if it's truly God's love that we encountered and his commands will not be burdensome if it's truly his love. If what he's commanding us to do, which is primarily love him and love other people, and it's a burdensome to love other people, we've got to go back to the beginning, to who God is and that love that he has for us. We can have confidence in his righteousness to live a moral life obeying what he commands. We can have confidence in doing that. Confidence that we understand the difference between right and wrong, unrighteousness and righteousness when we've discovered who he is. The third sign is social. Social is how we love, how we love within community. We fellowship with one another through God's love for us. That's what we do. That, 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 that's the response of that love he has for us. John quickly points out that we live a life of love and in community with one another. So it's not a love that you discover then go isolate in your life. And for those who've struggled and, and have had to stay home and been online, that you're still in community and you still need to know God loves you. And for those of us that are in person, that we have to come to that place and work on living in love and living in love that's in community, living in love in that fellowship that, that John talks about. And matter of fact, that fellowship and that community is something the world can't have, only those that are in Christ. Amen. And the problem is we settle for a counterfeit because we look for the fellowship in the world and it's not true. We look to fill that place in our life and it can't fill it. So we search for other things. And then we begin to poison our lives in areas of darkness. And we begin to separate ourselves from that light and from that love. So that third sign being social, how do we fellowship with one another? And we do that with God's love for us first. John points out that we have to do it together. And in 1 John 3.11, he says, This is the message you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We can't have hatred in our hearts towards one another. We cannot do it. And if there is hatred, that means love is not present. And I'll tell you, one of the things that we, we might not realize, but we get caught up in, is that we begin to think we're living out relationship through our social media. And somehow you think you've got all these new friends. They're not your friends. And somehow everyone thinks they have an opinion and your opinion matters now. But I'll tell you, as a pastor, to see the hatred for one another and the lack of love for one another, that's a problem. And here's the thing, that we've somehow 
use social media or those areas as a tool for relationships, and it's not. I remember when email came out. Remember those days? <laughs> Wasn't that long ago. Starting to feel a little old. Remember the little AOL discs that used to get at the supermarket? They were sitting there and had like a hundred of them in your house. They became coasters for your coffee. That's how you got online and everyone stayed, started with AOL. Some still have an AOL account. Remember dial-up? And you'd finally get, you could go like make a sandwich, a cup of coffee, and then come back and finally you would be online. And finally you'd be there and then someone would pick up the phone and it would kill your connection. You'd have to start all over again. Boy, weren't those the days. I think we should take the next generation through that. They should have to experience. Maybe at the same time we could give them a rotary phone as well. But it was a different time. But email came. And then we began to use email pre-social media as somehow a way that we're going to tell you what I really think. Not in person, mind you. So you write a four-page email to tell someone what you're really thinking about them. And as a pastor, I would get those. And I'd say, hey, let's meet. Because <laughs> I don't do relationship through email. I don't do relationships through social media. That's not fellowship. That's not community. Now, can we connect there? Yeah. Can it be used as a tool for the kingdom? Absolutely. I want God to use that in a way to reach those who are lost, for people to experience God through those connections in ways that they can. But we're very, very, very far from that. And that we can't have hate in our hearts, and we can't show that hate to one another. But love should be obvious. Only love should be the driving force in our lives. When our hearts are open and our love for each other is present, this is a sign that Christ abides in our life. This is a sign to the world of the very existence of God is how we love each other. I want you to think about that for a moment. That God's plan for the world to come to the saving knowledge of who he was was that you and I would love each other in such a way the world would be envious of it. Amen. That the world would look to the church and say, look how they love. That's what love looks like. And when the church doesn't look like that, why would the world come? So we have to figure that out. We have to pursue that love daily with one another. We have to have confidence that we're in Christ if we love one another. And let me just leave you with this. Why I can have confidence in who Christ is? Because I've seen what he's done through his love. I've seen what his love has done in others' lives. I have confidence in his love when I see a relationship that's broken restored. I have confidence in his love for uh, the broken when someone who's addicted or dealing with life-controlling problems is transformed. I have confidence that he is present with those who are sick or those who are suffering and they get healed. I have confidence in knowing that truth and I have confidence of a promise of eternal life Amen. in who Christ Jesus is. Amen. These are the three things that John gives us to look at, to affirm our faith in Christ. They're not three things that we do to earn our salvation. It's three things that we do because of his love for us. Amen. They're what John said would be prevalent in the life of a Christian. 
And the three things that must be certain as the children of God is that we believe in Jesus Christ, we keep his commandments, and we love one another. Now, let us go show the world the existence of God by loving one another. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we need your help. <laughs> Love's not easy. Matter of fact, Lord, if we don't know your love right now, we just have to surrender that area of our life that we've put before it. So Lord, would you come into that place right now and make your love known? Father, will you teach us as a church how to love? How to love one another and love those around us? Now, if you're here today, you're in person or online and you haven't discovered that transformative love and you don't have confidence, you have condemnation. I want to give you a moment right now to ask the Lord into your life in such a way that you too could have confidence of that eternal life that's promised through grace. So what do you have to do? We have to surrender. We have to repent. We have to turn from those things and say, Lord, come into my life. Transform me. And he does. But, but that's a prayer that you pray in asking him in. And then to have that confidence to walk in that light that he wants to shine in and through your life. And if you don't know him that way, and he's calling you into that relationship and that fellowship that way, I want you to pray with me to walk in that new life that he has promised. And if you're in person or online, I just want you to pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now if you prayed that in person or online, here's what you have to do. You've got to tell somebody. Because we don't live this out autonomously, individually. We live it out in community. And we're committed to come alongside of you and help you on that pathway of discipleship. Amen? Peace of the Lord be with you. Acknowledge one another with a sign of God's peace.